We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Steven, you know I love our members, people that we mentor throughout their entire pageant experience. They are some of my favorite people in the world. I've been doing this a long time, so it's very special to me. So what we've decided to do for all of our listeners, all of our loyal followers, is to change things up a bit. So if you have been listening to our podcast, you like what you're hearing, or you read our articles or our courses and you like those too, but you're just not ready to commit, we are doing a $10 for 10-day trial in our membership program. Okay, so break down what they get um, for the 10-day for $10. So anyone looking for extra guidance in their pageant journey, you're just kind of looking for a mentor to ask questions to, send pictures of, hey, am I on the right track with my wardrobe? Can you please read my resume? I have no idea if there's an Oxford comma or there should not be an Oxford comma. Help me out. So anyone that does that $10 for 10 days, they have unlimited access to a mentor in the coaching world, which means they can literally send photos of their wardrobe that they've selected their accessories, their paperwork, say, hey, this is my platform. Is this a good idea? Or how can I partner with someone else to make this bigger? We have people at the ready that are experts that are ready to answer the questions to make you just feel more confident. And then at the end of the 10 days, if you choose to move forward with us, fantastic. If not, it's not a fit. No harm done. 10 days, $10. Love that. Okay. So if they do decide at the end of the 10 days, like what's the cost? So the cost is at our lowest membership is $29 a month. And again, that is unlimited access to mentorship. If you wanted to upgrade further, um, it is $67 a month for our VIP, which includes um, coaching or I'm sorry, weekly mock interviews and then 119 a month. That's the wrong number. Steve and I stink at math. 76 and 148. I am the worst. <laughs> So I'm sorry, That's 76 right. for VIP includes mock interviews, and then say it again for the VIP platform. Uh, 148 $148, and that includes not only the weekly mock interview, but the weekly coaching session. I like to think my my horrible math skills make me charming. <laughs> they they actually do. They actually do. I, I would agree with that. So as um, long as your pageant isn't myth, Mrs. Arithmetic, I am your mentor. I got this. <laughs> we are going to crush it. And get you that crown. So 10 days, $10, try us out. Doesn't work out. No harm done. We're still rooting for you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, how can they find this hidden gym, like $10 for 10 days special? So like you said, it is a hidden URL because we do want to keep it as exclusive as possible for our favorite followers and listeners. So it will be in the show notes of this podcast. Okay. So yeah, just click on, you know, Apple iTunes, whatever, expand it, and then click on that link there, and that'll take you to the link. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jesse. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. Today, we are going to be talking about should beauty matter more in pageants? And if you've been listening to us for a while, you're used to our normal cadence, if you will. But this week, we decided to switch it up. 
maybe to make it interesting and just to test whether or not you like this style of podcast. So in keeping in line with should beauty matter more in pageants, um, I'm going to set the stage for you rather than Jesse. And pageants began in the late 1800s where women were judged based on what was called face and figure. Then Miss America, one of the most iconic and reverence titles in the pageant industry, they started as a bathing beauty contest in Atlantic City in 1921, where they crowned the, you know, air quotes, the ideal. And fast forward to 2019, and there isn't even a swimsuit contest anymore in Miss America. So my how times have changed. <laughs> well, Stephen, I'll jump in. I, I get it. And like back then, women had a very different role in society. But now, like we're professionals, we're humanitarians, we're trailblazers. So naturally, parent pageants also have evolved in that sense. So not to mention, women have more outlets to start than they did before. So whereas back in the 20s, it was like pageants were your thing. You're Miss America or you were nobody or you were like Ingrid Bergman, who was like the movie star of the time. But now there's like talent competitions there's reality TV and pageants really are a drop in the bucket for female exposure. So there's like a race to stay relevant for any of these outlets and pageants are just trying to keep up. Yeah. I, I feel like the very first pageant, um, you know, we'll have to consult like pageant planet for this. Um, but I was reading the earliest one, I think it was 1830, maybe 1850, something like that. But it was pretty much, it was held by royalty and they, it was a king that just said, I want to know who the most beautiful woman in the kingdom is. And that's pretty much how they did it because women in the 1800s and earlier, they were more just like social assets, if you were. Like, okay, I got a daughter. I'm a wealthy person. Who can I trade my daughter off in marriage to get me a better political gain? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that even swooping through the early 1900s, it was like, awesome. You've got childbearing hips. You should be my <laughs> wife, right? Like you're in my like village or whatever. Uh, you should be my wife. And then it was like where I think it was World War One, where women entered the workforce because all the men were out to war. So it was like World War One is where. And it might be World War Two. Historians, please check my facts. Whatever. I think it was two. I think it was two. Two. Okay. So we're all the that men was were off there. That was right. That right. So they're yes. like, we we. There's nobody else to be in the factories. And this is, of course, American history. I mean, I realize that we have listeners from all over the world. But um, it, so in World War Two, Rosie Riveter, it was like all the men were off to war. So like we need someone to help us in the factories. And that's where women entered the workplace. And, you know, around the same time, you know, give or take plus or minus 20 years or 10 years, Miss America was here. So it was like women, I mean, to your point and to what we're saying, like in 2019, it's really changed, but like you're the one that was really passionate about this topic. So what is it that brought this topic on for you? So, I was watching the Beyonce Coachella documentary recently, mm -hmm. and I was just thinking about how absolutely revered she is. I'm like, I like Beyonce. I like her, but I don't think she's like, to me, the second coming. She's not that person for me. But several people do think of that. She's not just someone's favorite artist 
She is their icon. And this thought popped in my head. And some of the most revered and admired celebrities in general are the least accessible. And it got me started thinking about when like Brad and Angelina were together, Brangelina, Brad Pitt and Angelina. <laughs> uh -huh. And I remember watching the Oscars, I think that year maybe, and every outlet that I switched to was like waiting for Brad and Angelina to hit the scene. And then they got there and they passed by every single interviewer. They walked right into the event and they were still the most photographed, talked about couple there. They didn't want to talk to any outlets accessible with their fans. It was just like, okay, we're here, we're doing our thing, et cetera. So to me, it was like, wow, pageants kind of have evolved and we'll get into that in a second, but these are people that are revered for not being accessible. So that, that was odd. That's why I want to talk about this. Yeah, that is odd. I mean, if you look at Michael Jackson too, like he never gave interviews at all. Like mm -hmm. he, he just was not a thing. So are they almost like revered because they never gave interviews or are they revered because they were and are at the top of their game and they don't give interviews because it makes them that much more desirable? Well, I just thought of this funny quote that I used to hear all the time. It's like better to keep your mouth shut and let people think you're an idiot than open your mouth and prove it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think Beyonce or Brangelina at all are, are idiots. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is the mystery or the lack of accessibility what's keeping everyone tuned in? Yeah. So I, I've also heard it said a similar, I mean, I've heard that quote, but another one is like, um, silence is often misunderstood, but never misquoted. Mm -hmm. And that's much know, nicer. It, <laughs> and if you, if, so I, I have, I have some friends that they will call me and they will talk. I mean, 30 minutes, 45, however long I'll talk to them, they'll be, and they'll talk and it's, definitely a one-sided conversation and i just listen i mean i could lay the phone down go and check email come back they'd still be talking they're not waiting for my feedback they're just looking for someone to just talk to right i i i mean, maybe i ask a clarifying question or two and then like um but for the most part i'm just giving them space to talk and at the end of it they're like oh thank you so much for listening like you, you know I, 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 how was your life and like i'm like Okay, it's good. Like, yeah, my, my life is good. And they're like, awesome. All right, well, uh, I'm home now. Well, I'll talk to you later. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so, and then that's like, that. that's how it is. And so um, I have to hang out with these people for probably three or four hours before they finally empty their cup, before they get all their words out to until they can actually hear me. And it's nothing against them. It's just, I feel like we live in a world or in a society where it's so few people listen or so few people um, care enough about the the other like individual like that when you do come across someone like that that just cares more about your well-being and not so much about them themselves that it's refreshing and it makes them more desirable and in a similar fashion in the media realm where if everybody wants to be in the media Everybody wants to talk to the media. Everybody wants the publicity. Everybody wants to be like, retweeted or shared on Instagram, et cetera. So when you come across someone that doesn't care one way or the other and that doesn't p 
post all of the grandioso moments of their life on social media, I do feel like it's a bit of, this is interesting. Like, why don't you, like, it creates that mysterium around it. Mm. Well, I, I agree. I think Beyonce and Brad Angelina, they probably have a media machine behind them telling them what direction to go. But my my real question, Stephen, and I'm like kind of hot about it because you and I know like I've kind of like been poking you about it forever, right. but I want to get it out there in the podcast world. And what if Miss USA or other pageants in general did completely skip the focus on the story because that's a big complaint we keep hearing like go back to beauty. I don't care about the story. I don't care about their history. I don't care who has like the most compelling media argument what if they skipped all that, skipped the accolades, and were just looking for a straight-up glamazon? Like, are we, question one, are we trying too hard as an industry to be everything to everyone? Because, again, like, we face so much criticism from women and men alike. Like, oh, my gosh, this woman just wants to be judged on her beauty and her figure. Haven't we passed that? Because I get that. Like, as a woman, we have come a long way. So, do we want to revert back? But I also think something is so beautiful about that. The choice to put yourself out there if you want to be judged based on that. Because there's all sorts of other scholarship opportunities, but this is what these women are choosing. So, like, what's the problem? It's not like they're forced to only get a scholarship this way. So that's besides the point. So that's question one. Question two, would being a true beauty pageant be better for the brand or worse? Picking a picking a glamazon that could be revered could be less accessible, less relatable. Could it bring more people back to the pageant because you want to be the most beautiful woman in the world? So I, I feel like you know, throughout medium, if you draw a hard line, right, throughout the media, if you draw a hard line of like this is who I am and this is who I stand for, and I don't give a rip what you think about it, those people are polarizing. Like Donald Trump is polarizing. People either love him or they hate him all across the world because he's just like, it's who I am. And he says whatever he says. And just that's that. And, you know, I don't care if you do love him or if you hate him, you know about him because he's polarizing. So I feel like we are as an industry and just, I mean, as a world in general, becoming more and more like seeker sensitive. Right. Or cut and dry. Right. Like you try to be all things to all people and therefore you don't really appeal to anyone. And I feel like one of the things that's caused, you know, the Miss USA, Miss Universe pageant to stick out for so long consistently is they're like, nope, more beauty pageant. I think that this year we see that transition more in the last like two years. But up until like the last two years, they're like, we're a beauty pageant. It's like is what it is. Right. Um, so I feel like it would do the industry, you know, personal opinion, it would do it better. Like if your pageant truly is about beauty and like figure and you just score it on that and you're like, no, like we're looking for, I mean, in like the most beautiful girl in America. I mean, there's reality television shows about that. We're looking for the most beautiful couples. And right? there's a people magazine once a year, the most beautiful man in the world, the most beautiful woman in the world. So what's the difference? Right. And you have the Victoria uh, Secret Fashion Show. Angels, Millions like, of viewers. Yeah. You're not looking. They're not like, oh, and 
and this might offend some people, but you're not, oh, and are like our size 20 person walking in the runway. Like they don't do that, you know? And that's a very real thing that people are looking for like plus size pageantry, which is great. And there's a niche for it. And there are pageants that's just totally sold out to like plus size pageantry. And that's well, not a bad I will, thing. I'll jump in. And, I, yeah. I actually will disagree on that. I don't mind the shape diversity in Victoria's Secret. But overall, they're just like, hey, this girl isn't getting her PhD. She's just walking the runway for Victoria's Secret. And we put her in this phenomenal outfit. And she's killing it. There's no like need to justify it in right. either direction. And that's where I feel like maybe maybe pageantry is kind of dropping the ball. Well, uh, what I'm saying is like, so one, I don't remember a Victoria's Secret model walking the runway that's mm. like bigger than a size zero or two. Fair. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Got uh, it. Like, because they've just sold out to like, this is the body shape that we're looking for. And they're mm. unapologetic about it, right? Um, and, and that's fine because they've sold out to that. And this is how it is. And then you have plus size pageants that they've sold out to. We are like, we're just focused on like glorifying the plus size um, pageant industry, the plus size body. That's fine because they've totally sold out to that. The, the challenge that I have is when you have, I mean, let's just say like Miss America. You have Miss America who clearly it's like, the people that they crown is not plus size. Miss USA. Clearly, the people that they crown is not plus size. I mean, I don't... I mean, maybe if you go way back, where body types and all that were, were different. But, I mean, in the last 15 years, has there ever been a size 10 or a size 12 or a size 14? I don't think so. Nope. So, like... But then they will like hire someone like an Ashley Graham. They'd be like, oh, no, no, we're inclusive. You know, it's like, like Miss USA will hire her to be a commentator, right? Because she's Very a plus size. And like, yep. no, 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 we're inclusive. Like, don't ostracize us for being this. Where I'm like, it doesn't, because there is a pageant for everyone, right? And like, you are who you are. It's like, who cares about your weight? Who cares about your measurements? It doesn't like make you a better person or a less than person. It doesn't make you more attractive or less attractive. You are what you are. So like, um, but what I'm saying is I feel like it hurts the brand, the actual pageant. If clearly you crown one contestant, but you're saying, Oh no, we also this, because then it's just like, no, you're not. It just hurts the brand. Right. So that's my well, commentary it, on it. No, it's totally fair. And I think Miss Miss USA and a lot of other pageants that are known for beauty, like, yes, this is the type we want. And they make that clear. But then they also care about story. And a lot of the longtime pageant peeps around the country are like, well, like, I don't care what her story is. I just want her to be pretty. I want her to win Miss Universe. We've been had a Miss Universe since Olivia. And that was, shoot, today's her birthday that we're recording this podcast. Happy birthday, Olivia Coppo. Yay. Happy birthday. What? Um, <laughs> but it's been a long time since USA had a Miss Universe. And I know we've had some that came close. 
But that's what people, a lot of people in the USA system want. They don't want someone that's relatable, that has a story that's accomplished. They just want someone pretty. And that's cool. I think there are pageants for everyone. And that just happens to be the pageant that they want. Yeah. So, I mean, going back to your um, original question. Sure. Um, so your original question was, does it, it would it be a, like, if it's just about beauty, would that make it better or worse? Right? Is that your, mm-hmm. your original question? Yes. For so, systems that pride themselves on being a beauty pageant at some level. Yeah. And a lot of them have moved from even that. Mm-hmm. Right? But like, if you're looking at it holistically, even like the modeling industry, et cetera, it's all based on beauty. No one second guesses that. I mean, it's still judged. It's judged behind closed doors. Nobody gets a crown, but you do get a spread in the magazine. Like you do get to wear the outfit of Athletica or like Lululemon or whatever, right? Sports Illustrated swimsuit. Yeah. yeah, You get all those perks. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. not necessarily judged. But they are 100% judging on if I put this girl or this guy in this particular outfit, will I sell more? of the wardrobe or will I sell less? That's, that's it. And I I know when I was going for modeling, like when I was first starting, they're like, "Mm, sorry, we've, we already have a guy with salt and pepper hair. Like it was inventory, right? Like we already, we already have, like if we bring you on and I mean, then like we have the same amount of jobs and we have split up two people. doesn't make sense. Right. Yep. So, so like I was like, quote, judged and it wasn't like, you know, I was first runner up <laughs> or whatever. Right. <laughs> so always a bridesmaid. Yeah, yeah, always a bridesmaid. Right. Um, so it is one of those um, it is one of those things. But I feel like it really is a case by case basis mm-hmm. on the system. And I feel like it's really important for the pageant system to truly identify what's making them different in the marketplace and then stick to that unapologetically. Right. And then if somebody has beef with it, just say, awesome. There's a pageant out there for you. We must just not be it. Right. And and like, if you do that, you'll be so polarizing. You will attract to the people that you want to attract because like when you do have a strong, like, I mean, our mission statement, for a pageant planet is to connect and expand the pageant industry. That's what we want to do. And so we look through everything for that lens and we'd look at opportunities through that lens. If your lens uh, for your pageant was plus size pageantry, that's great. Right? So, you know, immediately that like a Victoria's secret isn't necessarily going to be the best um, sponsorship partner for you. That's awesome, right? You you now like that's polarizing. The power of being polarizing is in marketing is that you attract to you the people that's going to help fulfill your vision and you also repel from you the people that's not. So there's mm-hmm. that clear divide line. So I mean both are equally important. It's equally important that people are kind of repelled from your brand as it is like people are attracted to your brand. Both are equally important. Um and we see this in like Apple, like Mercedes versus BMW, Apple versus PC, all that stuff. Um, well, I'll make 
I'll make one final point unless you have anything else. And then we'll go into last, like last words. Mm -hmm. So I just pulled up as you were talking, Miss Georgia USA's Instagram, because I remember when she was crowned, there was all of this word about her because she was an Instagram like personality. And for those listening, um, her name is Katarina. And I am going to butcher her name, but it's Rose Midge. <laughs> we'll, um, we'll include R-O-Z- it in the yeah. We'll, we'll include it in the show notes. Yes, R O Z M A J Z L. So I'm like not like hamming it up, like it's hard to say. So, um, but anyway, she has 206, two, 600, 623,000 followers, and I'm scrolling through her feed, and it's all glamorous photos of her. I don't feel like I know her, but I know she's really pretty. And then if I look up, I'm not going to say who I'm going to look up, but I'm going to look up another Miss USA title holder and they have 15,000 followers. And this person does a lot of getting to know you stuff, a lot of ins and outs, a lot of personality, a lot of friends and family in the pictures. And I don't know if that just closes the case or what, but there is a want in the industry for people that just look the part. So it's very, it's just an interesting concept for pageantry, like to look at itself and say, do we want to be relevant or do we want to be notable, I guess, in pop culture? So I think that's the whole concept that we're trying to get to. But my last word in general is that um, in an effort to fit societal norms, like I, like I said, I get it. I do think pageants can focus on well-rounded women there are so many of them and I want them to celebrate accomplishments because there are so many pageant systems that show like, Hey, you can be like being pretty. Doesn't make you less smart. doesn't make you less driven, less accomplished. So I like snaps to those pageants to celebrate that. But I do think there can be pageants that celebrate beauty and focus on that Avenue. So I would love to see more pageants just own that. Okay. We're going to be beauty pageant and run with it. Cause I think there's a market for it. But I don't think people in the industry should feel like they have to fit into that norm to be successful. Yeah, I, I agree. Because like, again, so I mean, I've worked in like fashion and around like beauty products and like have helped both like companies I'm thinking of market to the masses. And they're like, who are the, the like the different they told me the looks that they're looking for. And I'm like, cool. And it was my job to go out and find them, right? And so they know like what they feel like it sells. So I agree with you in the fact that there is a strong market for the people that, I'm hesitant to say to look the part because it's such a vague generality, right? Right. I mean, because like what part are you looking for? I mean, it it depends on the the particular product. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because story is so important now, because... Um, plus size modeling is definitely in vogue right now um, and all of that. There is a market for the swing and the polar opposite, more the Victoria secret type body shape. Um, so it, the thing is like, regardless of what you decide um, or regardless of what your opinion is on the subject, you can, uh, th- there is, there is a niche and there is a market for, for everyone. Yeah, if you just like own to it. So I, I'm very curious to hear what our listeners think. 
Like, I want them to let us know and tell me if you disagree. Like, let us know by sending us a message on either Facebook or Instagram. And like, do you think beauty should have a bigger role in pageants is the, the question that we're asking. And then if you have other topics you want to hear us debate, send those too. Or if you hate this concept or you love this concept, we want to hear it. So feel free to reach out, message us at Pageant Planet on Facebook and Pageant Planet on Instagram too. Cool. And thank you for listening. And if you've received any benefit from this show or for ones previous, please consider giving us a five-star review. It may seem like a small action, but it really does help us keep the show going. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.